Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to Grim Encounters. We are an actual play horror comedy tabletop RPG podcast using the chill 3rd edition rule set. My name is Nort and I'll be your sweet little spoopy chill master and your players are Robert playing Jose Draz Rodriguez and Anna playing Victoria Osterling. Shane had a family emergency so we had to cancel last minute so Nort had to. Nort as in me had to uh, cobble something together and we don't have any episodes recorded so we have to record so we're doing another flashback episode I know I promised there wouldn't be many of these this season but you know what Life there's happens. gonna be <laughs> <laughs> it happens so uh, we're gonna go back in time we're gonna go about I think six years in the past to 2013 wow yeah uh, we're gonna be playing the arcane oracles it isn't one of the elite magic squadrons from the Chicago HQ before it fell, mm-hmm. which happens to be Mavis's uh, parents are on the team. So that's going to be yes. exciting. Um, I'm going to be playing the other three members, which is Charles, Gary, and Stephen. And by playing them, I mean I'm going to have them suddenly be like, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Or they're going to be there, and they're just not going to talk. That's I'm excited that. because uh, since you're playing... Uh three different people from our team uh i can't wait for you to talk to yourself in three different voices yes <laughs> it's german british and i don't even know what the fuck gary would be um midwestern oh, okay so my voice yes <laughs> and they're all magical the whole gimmick of the team is they're like a magic squadron so except ex- charles ex- well yeah because charles can't he literally cannot learn magic his brain can't Steven has diagnosed him with, I believe it's called the inert. Unattuned. Yeah, he's unattuned, which he basically, no matter how much he tries, he'll never be able to tap into the energies of what humans have. Uh, they have been working together for, I would say, 20 years at this point, if not longer. Uh, the team members have cycled out. It has always been the Osterlings and Charles Fletcher. Uh, Draz has been there for about a good 10, 15 years. The newest member would be Steven. Um, he transferred in from the den about 20 years ago, and then he wanted to go back out on the, t- on the do some cases to get some fieldwork experience because he's been retired for a long time. So they put him on the Arcane Oracles. Let's just we'll just hop into it, and then we'll have you guys ex- uh, describe what you guys look like. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we already know what Draz looks like, but I'm interested to see uh, Roberts. And what he can like, what what he took from what I said, what he looks like. So, and uh, Robert said he's gonna try and do the voice I was doing. Try, very. He's gonna try, try, try. That's um, keyword there. The scene opens up to a, like a medical office. There's a gurney, and there is like a blacked 
blacked out figure, like it's all grayed and like staticky, is laying on the gurney, and uh, their chest is split open, it, like surgically. And uh, sitting on a table to the right of it, and like a tray, is like a heart. And standing over top of this person is another person, all grayed out. And they are holding this heart, like a much bigger heart that is like has like black veins running through it. And it's like still beating. And you just hear like a. And they are like placing it inside of the chest. And you see them like slap the sides back over and just kind of like hurriedly stitch it up. Like not just gruesomely then the body begins to convulse and the head like snaps back and looks directly at you and you and you wake up dress okay wait he's had these before right yes. so yeah it's just like wakes up kind of in a cold sweat like oh god not again ugh and you just, you still hear the like, and it slowly fades out after about a few seconds. So a token flips black because um, you experience your prescient dream. Normally we, you would roll for that. Um, but I'm going to, I just, uh, since this is before we kind of start, I'm just going to give it to freebie. Ooh. But yeah, so it still flips a token because normally you can decide if you would mm -hmm. like to try and experience a prescient dream. But we've never had Brazilian dreams, so I thought it'd be fun to do it. So, yeah. So you awake in a cold sweat as a token flips black for your Brazilian dream to that to be activated. Oh, uh, where where am I at? You are in. Uh, you are in your apartment building. Okay. Which is a block away from the uh, Chicago HQ. Morning time. Daytime? What is it? Like it's about 3 a.m. 3 a.m.? Okay. Then Drez would just get up and go splash some water on his face, maybe get a drink, and then try to get some rest before he's got to go in. Get a couple more hours of sleep. Of course. Victoria. Yes. You, your alarm clock beeps, waking you and Gary up. It is like 7 a.m. You have hey. to be in the office at 8. All right. Well, I'll uh, get up and throw a throw a little thing in the Keurig cup, and then throw a bagel in the bagel maker, and and go get dressed. All right. Uh, so as you get dressed, you look in the mirror. Look at yourself. What does Victoria look like? So, uh, Victoria, she's. A little shorter than average. She's about five uh, two. Um, sh if you've ever heard my description of Mavis, she looks almost exactly like Mavis. She has um, long, um, like chestnut brown hair, um, like a like bell shaped nose. Um, she um, is athletic, but. Um, Mavis, who usually wears her hair down, Victoria wears her hair um, up in a bun. 
Um, and Victoria, instead of having brown eyes, Victoria has blue eyes. Does she have a pin in her hair? Yes. I, I just imagine she's so sciencey. She has a pin in her hair. Yes. Um, and then you hear coming down the stairs. Uh, you see Gary. He is in his uh, his he has like he has jeans on. And he has just like this graphic tee underneath. Uh, it's like a Slayer shirt. Okay. And then he has his lab coat over it, like his medical lab coat. And on of it, it says Dr. Osterling. And he comes down and he has like this five o'clock, this five o'clock. I was like, why is that so quiet? He has this five o'clock shadow. Um, and he yawns as he comes down. Hello, honey. Morning. Morning, dear. And he walks over uh, to the uh, refrigerator and opens it and grabs out a piece of pizza. Starts eating it. Disgusting. What do you mean? Cold pizza for breakfast. He looks up. It is more efficient. It's also not good for you. He pats his belly and he has like this tiny like dad beer belly. Oh, the teeny little beer belly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have been putting on a little extra pounds, and he's as he's still eating the pizza. Mm-hmm. What does Gary look like besides the the outfit? And the so beard? Gary uh, wears like his hair pretty short. It's a he doesn't like put gel in it to spike it. It's kind of just naturally spiky. Mm-hmm. Um, he has like a peppered, uh, like it used to be like a like a super light brown, but it's like it's it's all peppered in now. It's all peppered now. Um, he wears glasses. Yeah. Um, like round flame frame glasses uh say he's about like say 5'11 not quite six feet tall and uh then you hear like from the upstairs you hear like someone like like stumble like someone dropped something oh boy and like bounding down the stairs at full force is mavis um, she's wearing the hoodie she always wears. She has like, she has her uh, hair just all, it's like all over. She has like this crazy bed head and she has her backpack and, and she's just like frantic. Uh, are you late for school? Yeah, I'm late. I, yeah, I'm late for her school. And she like nervously comes in and like grabs a water bottle out of the fridge and then sprints out of the house. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Do you think she still speaks to the dead one? Which? Mm, the one she spoke with when she was young. The specter? I'm not sure. It's really hard to tell. She's rather... She doesn't talk much about it. She doesn't talk much at all. And on that note, he, the scene, the scene shifts back to Draz. Um, you are just coming into the HQ. You come through the the big or the big metal gates, and as you come in, uh, there is like the long driveway. Uh, to your right is the massive visitor center that has like the domed glass, and you see people. Uh, like tours have already started. They're coming in and out. Uh, you see like tour guides and stuff. Uh, straight down, you see the warehouse that is in full swing. It looks like they are receiving some new shipments of some tractors and stuff. Because uh, if you remember, 
the cover for your Chicago HQ is um, they they especially they are one of the distributors distributing locations of um, a farm equipment company. Um, you see, and to your left is the massive office building. So, um, would he walk or drive? That's like probably a, walk. Okay, yeah. So you you'd still have to come through that gate anyway mm-hmm. to just be a door. Um, so you walk into the office, and uh, you see that Lauren's behind the counter like she always is. She waves to you, um, and you hop in the elevator, and uh, it's like kind of like a glass elevator. It's like like mirrors and stuff okay. on the ceiling, and you look up. Uh, what does Draz look like as the doors close? You know, for the life of me, I don't remember how you described him at all. Sure. So I have a whole different probably picture in my head. It's okay. It could be, you know, six years ago, Draz. Yeah, he changed. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. He had uh, the only thing is he had silver hair. So it's not gray. Okay. It's like platinum silver. Right, hair. right, right. And he was Hispanic. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you look at him. He's got like shoulder length hair, mm-hmm. but it's like a, a deep dark black. And he's got uh, for facial features. He's got a, a mustache with a little goatee going on. Uh, he dresses kind of, okay, so he's almost like cowboyish, but not quite. He wears like a nice vest with a button-up shirt underneath, uh, really nice pressed jeans, mm-hmm. and a pair of cowboy boots. Awesome. Um, and on your hip mm-hmm. um, is... Uh, big iron. Is your big iron. <laughs> Steel mercy. Steel mercy. Um as you look down, it it, it kind of you blink and it glows for a second, and then you blink and it's gone. Um, and you press a certain configuration on the elevator pad, and it, well, yeah, it would go down. I believe we had yeah, yeah. it right. It goes down for like for like two minutes, just a straight downward descent, and it opens up into the first level of the HQ and it is hustling and bustling. Mm-hmm. You know this HQ has like 240 people in it. There's like six floors. Um and this is the like the entrance floor that's where most of the offices are. And how they're set up is like the offices have um like they're either single person based, but the ones on this floor are all team based. So like there's a room where you share like a, a decent sized room where you have your office with your team. Mm-hmm. And uh, where would you go exactly? Cause there's like the, there's a like cafeteria floor. There's like the bottom floor, which is like where, where Richard is and all of his like underlings are. Oh, definitely stop by like the cafeteria first, grab like coffee, maybe a little something to munch on and then mosey my way down and catch up with the rest of the team. Well, whoever's here. Sure. Oh uh, yeah. As you get your coffee and you, from all of the cafeteria workers, um, you pass uh, and sitting on one of the round tables is the um, team trauma. It's this five-person elite squad, and they're all sitting kind of like nonchalantly, like around the table on the table. Um, and their leader Jay is like standing up, like giving them orders. And you know that they are all ex-military. Like they're all very, like they're very efficient and mm-hmm. effective, and unstoppable. Um, they are called in when, and for help, they are called in for big, like, we're fighting a horde of zombies. Uh, they're not very good at investigating, so they don't really get many <laughs> cases. Um, but they are, like, 
the last line of defense for your HQ. Um, Jay kind of nods to you as you pass him. He's just a very, like, military cut man. Mm-hmm. He has, like, sunglasses, like, that he usually wears, but he's, he has them off right now. They're on his front of his, like, you know, press military outfit. Um, and sitting on the table is his, like, like he has, like, this LMG that he carries around with him. Uh, as you walk past them, um, and you head, like, uh, kind of, like, up. You take the stairs, you take the stairs up, and you walk past one of the um, offices of the teams, and the doors open, and uh, you kind of glance in as you pass, and you see on the door it says Team Double Time, and you see three people. Uh, you see uh, you see uh, Dee he's standing in there. He just has like a, a, brown, like a gray shirt on, jeans. He looks like he's talking to this other member, uh, this... Uh, like taller Asian man and the Asian man has like this this metal like belt on it looks like and they're both having a conversation you can't quite make it out mm-hmm. uh, but you've never seen um, that hit the Asian man before and then sitting at a desk kind of like barely peeking over is this woman and she's like clacking away on some keys in there and then you also hear just from this other room but Edia just tell them about the monsters and then you will kind of walk past as you head towards your office and just as you're walking in, uh, the Austerlings meet you at the door. Well, morning to y'all. Good morning. Good morning. We all ready for today? Yep, same as every day. I am always ready. Gary smiles. All right. Well, let's get going then. As uh, you walk into the office, um, you hear... Charles and Stephen must be arguing about something like they always are. You hear, what I was telling you, I was telling you that there's no cure for anything. They're fucking monsters and they need to be put down. And then you hear uh, Stephen pipe up, no, but you're wrong. What if we can find the cure for these vampirism and the werewolf, the lycanthropy? Is we could save more lives if we find the cure. And they, they constantly bicker about this. Um, and you guys are just kind of greeted to that scene. They don't even notice when you guys walk in. <coughs> Bustin just be like, can we cure him? Can't we cure him? We don't know, but we've got to stop what we've got. You know, we've got to. Oh, God, I can't even right now. All right. <laughs> okay, guys. Focus. Uh, Charles stops picking his nails with his dagger and uh, puts it in a sheath. And he goes, righto. Uh, Steven. Um, and they both they kind of both nod at each other and they turn to you for they kind of like straighten up and look at you who wants to go boss so you want me to read the email yes you received that on your way to work <sighs> I received this email this morning um, from Lindsay Black um, it says need help can you get to New York City so uh, I think we're heading out to New York City this morning um i know we haven't talked in a while i wish this were an email just to catch up we both know the job though blah 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 all right i recently experienced what i have just read it (laughs) (laughs) 
I recently experienced what I believe to be a precedent dream with sinister implications, possibly connected to a string of surgical mutilations and deaths. Um, unfortunately, my supervisor disagrees with this assessment and says that the beginning practitioners of the art are more hit than miss, or, or more, more miss than hit. I have information on as many potentially related deaths as I can find, and I can provide access to resources, but I'm not ready to go back into that field yet. I've only just gotten back into Saves Good Graces. I don't want to screw it up again. Your team needs a doctor, or at the very least, someone with medical experience. I look at Steven. He probably smiles. Uh, and the photographs I have seen have been gruesome. It's a lot to ask, if, but if you can get into town, I'll make sure to set you up, uh, you and your team up with a hotel and hook you up with a Metro card. That probably goes without saying, but dinner is on her from Lindsay. And at the bottom it says, P.S. Uh, tell Dad I said hi. For sure. Um, so, so, yeah. That's the email you received this morning. Um, and it looks like on one of the, like, the CC, um, it was sent to Richard as well. Like, for him to, like, it was sent to you, but it, he was sent a copy, so he knew what was mm. going on. Steven just begins, like, like getting papers together. Like, he's just, like, not even really, doesn't have anything to say. He's just gathering some stuff up. All right, absolutely. Uh, anyone need to do any last-minute things before we take off? No, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure I'm good. I'm good, girl. Okay. Well, I will shoot Mavis a text and let her know. Um, we will stop by Richard's office and let him know that we need to be sent to New York. Sure. Uh, you have to take about 20 minutes to get ready. You grab all the necessities you need. Um, you And then you make your you take the elevator right down to the bottom floor. And when this door opens, it dings open, and it is mainly, <coughs> uh, there's like, on this floor, there's only like, I think like three or four offices, I believe what I said. Uh, there is um, Richard's office, and then the other two offices are closed. Looks like no one's in them. Um, and then when you uh, walk through the door, you walk past a, an office on the right, and you see, uh, it says Naomi Davis, and her like blinds are open, and she looks like she's writing something. Um, and her, you see her in there she doesn't really notice you guys when you walk past but you walk right and Richard's door is open and he looks like he's talking to a woman so uh, I'll knock on the door frame since the door's open right yes uh, Richard uh, looks up and he stands up quickly um, he has this like radiant smile um, he is in his 50s but he looks like he's like in like barely he just turned like 35 he like last yeah like last year he uh, gestures. He goes, uh, "Jess, would you uh, would you give us a moment?" And Jess, his assistant, turns around and just kind of like looks at you guys and walks past. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Richard, uh, Lindsay has requested uh, some backup, uh, so uh, my team and I will be heading out to uh, help her. He uh, kind of looks at his desk, kind of goes, yeah, I, I double-checked all, and I didn't have a case for you today. So, it uh, looks like we're pretty kind of caught up here. You know, it's been kind of quiet. 
Yeah. It's nice. I feel like we're finally, we finally got this city on lockdown. Definitely. Um, and he, uh, he sits down, kind of leans back and he goes, he looks like, he looks very confident in himself. He goes, yeah, uh, anything you need, just use the card. Okay. We'll be booking our flights here in a few minutes. He nods. Do you do anything else in the HQ before you head out for your flight? Nope. Nope. Okay. As you walk out of the office into the elevator, Jessup is just waiting outside the door. Just kind of watches you guys as you leave. All right. We're leaving. Okay. <laughs> All right. You guys hop on your plane and it, and it flies. <gasps> and it lands. And you're in New York now. When concrete dreams are made of something, something, yeah, you're in New York. What's your first action? Uh, so <laughs> we're gonna find Lindsay, I guess. Yeah, she's in the treehouse. Okay, we're gonna go to the treehouse. Sure. You make your way to Manhattan. Okay. Um, you just take you take like a cab. You'd have probably take two cab. You take an Uber XL. And you head to, Man- uh, to Manhattan. And you know where this HQ is. Um, I believe only Stephen has been here. Stephen and Charles. Um, the rest of you just know where it is. This is the continental headquarters of the U- United States of America for safe. Uh, this is like... This is like old safe. This is like old school safe. Like, this is like where... Um, like the, the leader of the this headquarters like deals with the other like international um, save HQs. Um, and it exists in Manhattan, nestled in one of the many skyscrapers that give the city its guideline. As you walk towards the one necessary, you see the Bachman building. It draws little attention to itself, outside of its lovely, lovingly kept lobby. And as you walk in, it appears just to be, like, a normal office building. Um, and you know that at this location, it offers save plenty of cover. Uh... And as you, you make your way past the secretary into the <clears throat> one of the elevators, Charles just goes, I call this one. And he pushes the 12th and the 14th buttons. And it starts, it's like, it dings. And I need all of you, I need you two to roll me perception. Just a base perception. Pass or fail. It's at 100. You botched. Did you botch? Yeah. It's just it's just a pass or fail. There's no botching. Okay. I passed. Okay, Andreas is just like he's just confused. You're confused why he pressed two buttons. Like you're kind of annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> and you you hear like this little tiny like like mechanical noise, and you look up, and in the corner like this this panel slides, and you see a little camera, and uh, it starts rising, and it goes to twelve. And then it rises more and doesn't, and doesn't, the number doesn't change. And it opens up on the 13th floor that you know in New York buildings don't have 13th floors. Like, a lot of buildings don't have 13th floors. It's weird, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, yeah, they don't put a, well, they'll have 13 floors, but the label it as the 14th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? It's unlucky. It's unlucky. 
That's so stupid. See, he says, the true headquarters exists on the 13th floor, often referred to as the treehouse by familiar envoys. Like many buildings of its age, the Bachman doesn't officially have a 13th floor. The buttons in the elevator go from 12 to 14. So what happens if some little kid's fucking around and they just touch, like, 12 and 14 at the same time? Uh, you say that, and Charles goes, Well, that's the, the camera's for. They will just pick either the 12th or 14th to send them to. I see. Yeah. Plus, I mean, this this is an office building. Yeah. Well, just because we're in New York, honey, does not mean that there's all Macaulay Culkins running around. I mean, there's not, like, a bring-your-child-to-work day. Do I look like I work in an office? I don't know. I, I mean, t- technically, you work in an office. <laughs> he chuckles, and he just, like, walks <laughs> walks into the... And it opens up. And, uh, let's see. The 13th floor is a giant loft space filled with a fully functional forensic lab, research library, and armory. Much of the equipment hasn't been replaced since before the communications blackout. But, uh... So it, it the, all the equipment looks pretty old. It looks well maintained. But yeah, it's like all open concept. Like everything is like super like nineteen like eighty save. Like even the library is like there's no walls really. It's, it's all kind of separated by furniture and stuff. And Charles goes, well if we want to t- if we want to talk to Pim, Gordon, he's going to be on the fourteenth floor. So uh, we'll have to go back in the elevator. But we're looking for Lindsay. And, like, almost on cue as he says her name, she, like, glides. She, like, walks softly into, into like, the frame of you guys. And she looks strikingly like Richard. Um, she has this, like, long, these long black hair. But instead of her eyes being uh, green, they're, like, this this deep brown. Um, and she she's, like, really young. She looks like she's about 20 years old. Well, she's 26 years old. Sorry. And you know she is like, she's not very high up here yet. Um, she, she's still kind of considered a recruit, but she is on like, she you read you read her position. She's like a junior researcher or whatever. So, yeah. And she walks up. She goes, "Hey guys. Good morning. Good afternoon. I don't know what time it is. One p.m. Is that a fast flight? A slow flight?" I've been on an airplane once. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Is that how how fast would a flight be from Chicago to New York? I'd say probably three or four hours. Mm -hmm. Really that long? Yeah. Yes. It's like one. Yeah, that was right. About 1 p.m. There's no delays nor any other stops. So you said you had this strange dream and and you believe that something has come of this or? Um... Yes, so I've actually had two dreams that keep reoccurring. Um, one, the fir- at first it was having to do with um, a figure laying on a gurney and someone placing a black beating heart into it. Um, Ooh, I had I had the same one too. I just had it last night. She like her eyes like glisten like, okay, I'm not crazy. Okay, but I mean, I mean, that's not great. I mean, no, I, that's no. so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was but, that was terrible. No one would believe me. Um, oh, I, I believe you. I saw it. Oh god. She like, she like relief. She goes, and the other one was leading up to. Uh, so, in the apartment building next to mine, recently caught on fire. 
And I kind of had a similar dream leading up to that of like someone burning it down. But again, I thought it was just so you know how the you know how when you first start in the in this school of the art, it's kind of hard to decipher what is true meaning and what is just your mind playing tricks on you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. I know what you're talking about. And uh, so yeah, I've I've compiled a bunch of stuff that I think could be related. But uh, I think I promised you guys lunch. So do you guys want to go get that first? I could eat. Sounds good. Sure. Um, you guys kind of you guys go back down the elevator and you head out and you go to like the Chinese place like down the street. And she she has like she brings like a a, a briefcase with her when you guys go, and you guys have some food. I don't know. Do you want to role play getting food? No. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do. No. <laughs> okay. Um, and you guys have a nice chat, kind of catching up on how the Chicago HQ is doing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after you guys finish eating, she she stands up and she goes, "Well, I I'm going to be needing to get back. You're welcome to use." The treehouse for any research you need. Um, try not to mention it to my boss, if you could, that I have you doing this. Because it's kind of... He definitely told me not to worry about it. Uh, you see, Gordon, he... He's a very wonderful man, but he's very big picture. He's very old school. Because you know how dad is, right? Yes. Imagine that times 100. Mm. You know how like we don't like allow smoking in public places really anymore? Yes. He still just carries a cigar with him wherever he goes. And like who's going to tell him to not do that? You know? Like he's, you know, the head of the continental United States headquarters. So... So that's that kind of stuff like that. Like he's very stubborn, I guess is the nice way to say it. Um, but yeah, he's always just smoking a cigar. So uh, try not to mention it unless it's like, oh my God, Lindsay was so right and we totally found whatever the fuck that was and we've killed it. You know, then I, then that looks makes me look really good. And we, you know, we stopped this creature from hurting people. Because I don't really think it, it, whatever he's doing didn't seem pleasant. So your boss has no idea that we are working on this case. I mean, he knows you're here. He just figures you're either visiting or working on something related to your, your HQ. Mm. It's not like I'd be fired if I had you do it because you're already here. But he would just kind of be like unhappy with me. You know what I mean? He has kind of has a soft spot for me. So him and my dad go back. So he, I would just get a scolding. I just don't want to deal with it. But I'm kind of like my dad. Once I get on something, I uh, can't stop until I see it through. So it was either me going after this thing, which I thought was a bad idea. Oh, yeah, bad idea. Uh, so, yeah, well, the next best thing was the most magical people that I know. So here we are. The most okay. magical people. <laughs> she seems very nervous to talk to you guys. Not really with you, Victoria. Yes. But with the others, she seems kind of nervous. Like, because you guys are like veterans. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Stephen has more experience in save than she has been alive. Yeah. Like forty years or something crazy like that. 
So she seems kind of like, it's kind of like when you talk to like a bunch of like CEOs or something like for your company you work for and like, they're not like mean people. They're just, you just don't know what to say. Cause they're so like, they're like six branches above you. <laughs> don't want to say the wrong thing and offend them. Be like, oops, yeah. my bad. So you just kind of say nothing. Or, <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Oh yeah. The sports game was great. Kind of like that. Sports ball. <laughs> uh, and she leaves the briefcase with you and heads out. All right, let's sift th- sift through this this nice briefcase of files. Love me some files. Uh, Charles, at the notion of that, Charles stands up and he goes, "Well, I don't want to do that. Um, I'm going to go hit up some of my connections, see if I can find some out." Okay. From what you've told me and what I kind of gleamed is that it's a creature that is placing a heart into people, correct? So mm-hmm. I kind of have an idea of what that is. So I don't want to say it because I don't want to, like, you know, give any false leads by accident. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go off and do that. Um, all right. Um, if you need me, give me, a, give me a ring on my telly, okay? For sure. Bye. Bye. Victoria wouldn't say for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, he walks out of the, and you're just left with Stephen and Gary, who are happily just sitting there. Stephen is, re- he's opened up a fortune cookie and he's reading his fortune. Cool. Um, I'm going to open up mm-hmm. these files and take a good look at them. Sure. Roll me a research, baby. <laughs> Do you have any special editions that work for it? Academic. I don't know what kind of files these are. Probably not. It looks like they're like, like clippings of newspaper things and stuff like that. So yeah, no, that doesn't work. Like a journalism would be the specialty, which he doesn't have either. So. All right, I got a low success. Okay. So uh, you find a couple things of note. Um, the tenant list for the burned apartment building includes. Um, a couple names. The name that speaks out to you specifically is Dr. Calvin Ramirez, an attending physician at NYU Longun Medical Center, who is respected cardiac. He's a respected heart doctor. <laughs> Cardiologist? Cardiorathoric. <laughs> <laughs> Thirtieth cardiothoracic <laughs> surgeon. <laughs> He's a heart surgeon. Okay. <clears throat> he was not reported for work since the fire in the apartment building. I see. And then the other clue you get, um, it's um like a, it's a newspaper story slash an obituary is attached to it. Um, it's Ricardo Olivrio, age 66. He strangled his wife after learning she had an affair. He then shot the wife's lover, then himself. He had received a heart transplant six months prior to the incident. That's like a note written on there. Okay. And then there's a bunch of stuff that you don't really understand how it's connected. Because you didn't roll high enough. Okay. Gary's going to roll too. How okay. about that? Gary got a colossal success. Cool, Gary. Flip a token. 
token flips white. As you, you find that stuff and you're reading it out, Gary kind of takes a little bit longer. He's kind of like picking up the things she's kind of like discarding. Um, and uh, Gary has like his glasses down on his nose and he's like financially looking through stuff. Like he's tossing stuff aside. He thinks it's nothing. Um, he goes, he reads out loud, Errol Buddy Lansing, 67, bludgeoned his partner and their two dogs to death several days after a liver transplant. And he like stops. He goes, why is that in here? And then he stops. He then apparently clawed or cut open his surgical incision and died from the resulting blood loss. And Garrett kind of puts it down a little, like, pale. <coughs> oh. And uh, he shivers a little bit, and he goes... And then here's another thing. Um, I don't know how it is relating, but... A February issue of the New York Times contains a human interest story. Hero comes home with a new heart. Purple heart about Army Lieutenant Joel Russ Russo, who received the Purple Heart and a heart transplant after an accident involved an IED during deployment. He puts his hands, like, in front of him in, like, like a prayer gesture. He's not praying, he's just gesturing at things. What the fuck? So, so, so when they, they get in different transplants, then they go crazy and pot killing people. Yeah, I guess so. Because my, my, my dream that I had with the heart, and then there was another heart, and then a liver. And another heart? Mm-hmm. There was two hearts, yes. They all might not be connected, though. Mm-hmm. I think she just compiled, like, news stories and, what, and articles and stuff that have all to do with heart and transplants in the past six months mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which one I think is related is the one where he tears his fucking liver out of himself mm-hmm. definitely yeah and uh, Stephen is just like buried into these like he's trying to just under like read he's rereading stuff and he's just shaking his head getting very angry you know he when, when it comes to the unknown he gets pretty pissed off he just expect ex- thank god it's not werewolves he gets fucking way too mad about that. <laughs> Does anyone know anything? Any creature that could be doing this? I... I don't. No, no. I mean, we can go maybe do... Go do a search and see if there's anything that's remotely like this. We could yeah. do that. Or we could look into the, any of these things. Like, if we wanted to go look into... Uh, I say we should go check out the surgeon. Uh, like his... Ramirez? His, yes. We should find his office at the very least. I know he's not there, but... I mean, we could we could start with the burned down building. It might be a good place to start. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's do that. I don't know. Stephen pipes up. So, if I had to guess what kind of creature we're dealing with, uh, it's obviously not Zave Changer. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's obviously not Spectre. Points to you, Victoria. And he's uh, obviously not Vampire. And he looks towards Gary, and Gary shakes his head. So, um, I can. And it's not where. It's not like a throw. Uh, I think what we're dealing with here is uh, 
what is it called? A, um, a unique, a unique creature that doesn't necessarily file in the anything, follow under anything of Miss Garrett's uh, system. I think what would they would place them in is under just like a monstrosity, just kind of to put it in with the, the other things like the digital entity and um, uh, unique beings like, um, like the betrayer and things like this. I don't think it is as strong as something like a legendary creature because I think we would, this would be way worse. But I do think this is a mighty powerful thing. Um, possibly something with great tragedy connected to it, maybe? I. Good possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I agree. We can go check out Burns Building. <clears throat> we'll head towards the bird, burned building. Sure. You take the bus with your metro card, and uh, you get out in front of the burned apartment building. There is like, you know, med- a police tape around it. Um, there, there's no. There seems to be no one here. The building didn't collapse, thankfully. It's just like burnt out for a couple floors. It looks like the fire department put it out pretty quickly. Um, uh, you don't appear that you can get in to it and it doesn't look like it's all collapsed and shit inside anyway so yeah well let's try and find a way in I guess sure you can just walk <clears throat> in the front door you know? yeah walk in what uh, floor did he live on and is that part of the spot that's like got burnt or it looks like it started at the third floor started at the third floor okay it didn't quite make its way up. It kind of a little bit, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you could, if you want. Well, what what floor did he live on? Uh, it looks like it started on the third, so you can assume that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, and as you guys walk into the building, I need you to roll Sense the Unknown, please. Oh I guess boy. you could, too, if you wanted. The plus ten. For both of you. How do you calculate it? Oh, it's perception divided by five. So you have a twenty-six then to roll. Yeah. Roll I botched. Against. You failed. Dang. Okay. Crazy. You botched. Yes. A token flips black. So you could, if you wanted, you could flip another token, hmm. if you wanted. Yeah. Just don't forget that we can use those. Um. Yeah. I'm. Uh, okay. Another token flips black. Um. Uh, you get this a uh, light, um, like a light presence that there was an unknown here. Okay. Um, and you try to you try you guys try to go to the staircase and it is just like it looks like a pillar had fell down and it looks super dangerous <laughs> to walk up there. Um, and the closer you kind of get, it gets like stronger. Um, how does Draz like when he like recognizes the unknown? How does he like re- how does his body react to it? Because um, everyone's kind of different. Right. Right. His I mean, his is kind of like when he has his dreams. Mm-hmm. He starts getting into like this cold sweat, and mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, hairs on his neck kind of stand up a little yeah. bit, and just a little worried look on his face, like, okay, I know something's up, and just kind of, yeah. So yeah, you definitely get a feeling that this was mm-hmm. had something to do with the unknown. Is everything all right over there? No, no, it was <coughs> definitely, definitely the unknown was here. And there's like that moment of silence after he says that, and you kind of hear in the back of your head. 
Just him? Just him. Just me. It's very faint. Very faint? Yeah, you don't know if it was you or if it was coming from something else. Okay. Ooh, that's creepy. Um... Uh, so I think this is a bust. I don't, I don't know about that. You guys hear police sirens? <laughs> like faintly. Hmm. Okay, think, well think that's for us? <laughs> I mean, this is New York, so. New yep. York. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go closer. To like the staircasing, try and go like up ish and see if because okay. I have a theory that maybe is there a fire escape that we can find? Noise is connected. I just want to probably get closer. They have to have one, so mm-hmm. probably in the alleyway. Yeah, we should probably uh, find a fire escape. Yeah, let's go find the fire escape. <laughs> sure, you guys walk out of the building. And uh, you take like a left to go to, to go to the alley, which is like another building down. And you hear someone yell at you, "What you doing in there?" And he's like holding a cell phone. Um, why do you care? It's an active crime scene. Why? Well, it's burnt down. You don't need to be in there. You're gonna get hurt. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we're, we're investigating it. Uh, don't you tell, don't you worry. You just go on back in. We'll, we'll be. Uh... Well, he's like, well, I called the cops, so. Oh, that's fine. We'll, we'll take care of them when they get here. It's all right. Just go on back inside. He looks like he works in the shop across the street. He's like a butcher's apron on. Nosy-ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I came rolled it, and I was like, would anybody notice? And the first one was like, yes. And I was like, would they react? And then I rolled it, and it was yes. Sorry. Well, let's get to that fire escape as quickly as possible. Yeah. The sirens are getting louder. I'm going to walk the fire escape. I don't give a shit. Okay. Hey, you guys walk up the fire escape. It's like down still. Looks like it was used. All right. Tink, 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 tink. Okay. Yeah. And then the like the, the, the window it's going to do is like bust it open. And there's like tape on it. Like a bunch. Like the caution tape. Okay. From like the outside. Looks like they put it on the outside. You know what I mean? Like it's Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Is there any way to, like, open the window? I mean, you could just, like, go through the tape. Yeah. Okay. I just wasn't sure if there's, like, pointy glass. Probably. All right. I guess we'll go through the pointy glass. You just go through without looking? I mean, I'm going to look down before okay. I fucking... There's no floor. Oh, well. It's, like, all burnout. Can we go up another floor? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Okay, we'll the window's not broken on this one. It looks like just an apartment, and then it, there's like black, like dust on the ground. Looks like from the smoke. Does the window open? No. <sighs> it's locked. Uh, this window is locked, guys. Oh, really? Steven is just at the bottom. He did not come up with you. <laughs> Steven and Gary are waiting at the bottom, kind of keeping lookout. Okay, I'll say it louder. This window is locked, guys. Um, honey, maybe we shouldn't go in there. We don't really have our uh, smooth talker, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess. Uh, maybe there might, there's probably nothing in there. It'll all burn up anyway. And then you hear a couple doors. Steven says, uh, Z, uh, Z, patrolmen are here. Okay. Okay. 
You guys can go in there. I'm right. No, I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think of Gary. I'll come back down. Or Stephen would be like breaking into a building. I don't know if they would. Charles would. All right. I guess we'll tink 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 tink. Okay. And as you tink down, um, two patrolmen walk down the alley. They have their hands on their belts, utility belts, and they are just waiting for you to come down the ladder. Good afternoon. Hello, ma'am. What are you doing? Um, we're investigating this crime scene. Under what authority are you investigating this crime scene? You didn't receive the memo. What memo? Um, we are investigating mysterious fires. Roll a communication. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Damn it. I failed. I haven't heard anything. Have you, Jenkins? And Jenkins goes, I know shit! Uh, let me call up my associate then. And beep, 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 beep. <laughs> neat. Neat. Charles? You're calling Charles? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes, my bud? How can I help you? Yeah, uh, we were investigating this on fire over here, and I've got some, uh, police officers here that, um, are given us a little trouble and we just need to um, reassure them that we are in fact supposed to be investigating this crime scene. You hand the phone over? Yes. How smart of you. How smart of you. <laughs> okay. Um, he's going to take a negative just because over the phone. Not in person. Um, super suspicious. Um... Uh, Okay, he's still super good at deception, though, so he's gonna he's gonna have a ninety instead of a one hundred and thirty. <laughs> and then I'm gonna I'm gonna play out what he says after I roll it. High success. You hear faintly, you know. Yes, my associates there going under there, you know, and you hear like some pause. Captain, Le- what's his name? Lawrence. That's your captain, right? And you're the police officer. Uh, y- y- yes, sir. Uh, yes, we spoke with him. Um, it's kind of a secret mission. You gotta keep it quiet. We are investigating um, some mysterious things. You know, like things that possibly go bump in the night, and then you hear them say that, and they both go pale. And they're like, oh, yes, yes. And Jacob's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and he goes, so why don't you give my uh, people, uh, you know, why don't you uh, let them go? You know, I'm glad the boys in blue are glad the boys in blue are helping out and doing their their great duty. But uh, yeah, no, these are under the secret authority of Captain Lawrence, so don't you have to worry about that, okay? All right, there, Copper. And you hear him go, "Yes, sir. Of course, sir. Oh, oh, yes, sir." <laughs> and you hear him laugh. Oh. <laughs> and then like Jenkins is just like he like kind of like slaps his knee. He's laughing so hard. And then the phone hangs up, and they walk back to you. Jenkins wipes his eye. And then uh, the other officer that I haven't named for some reason. Because, <laughs> all right, yeah, you, you, you're free to go. Just, uh, you know, stay out of there, please. It is very dangerous. And I don't want you falling through floors. Okay. Okay. Um, um, is there anything uh, you can tell us about this before you take off? No, we have not found who did it. The 
fire department's team still analyzing it of who if it was possible arson um it spread so quickly uh we're not sure if it was like an electrical fire or if it was planned I, we're not sure yet so i mean we're dealing with like eight deaths here and 20 people were injured so it's kind of a lot so it's kind of a sensitive kind of like gestures to it in a circular motion no i understand thank you and they they uh, they like tip their hats and they walk back to their cruiser and pull off All right, I'm going to go check windows again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go check windows. <laughs> All right, so... Yep. So that one was locked. Is the next one locked? No, it's open. Okay, well, I'm going to open it and okay. hop in. Okay, you're in. You're in a fucking apartment. All right, so I'm going to go down the stairs. And okay. try and find where the fire started. Okay. You get to the third floor, and I need you to roll me uh, roll me a dex. Actually, wait. Uh, leave that roll, but I was going to have you do, do prowess instead. 50. You still okay. got high. So I still got a high success. So you hear the floor on the stairs crack and you jump just in time as the fucking board splinters underneath you and collapses. Did you follow, Jarez? Yeah, Jarez followed. Okay, so you would be behind her? Yeah. Okay, also roll prowess, please. Oh boy, here we go. As you see her, you hear like a crack. Oh, oh no. That failed. Okay. Um. But how far was he behind me? A step. Uh, so both of those steps crack and fall through. Um, and he fucking just falls, like, down to the next staircase. <laughs> and kind of like, he lands. Roll me, let's see how you land. Roll me a movement. I mean, it still hurt. You still got hurt, but roll me a movement to see how it wants you. Oh, God. <gasps> oh, I broke no. both my legs. <laughs> just botched. He snaps his spine. No, I landed on my feet. I just broke both my legs. Okay, so a token flips black. Okay, so you fall through and you, yeah. your feet go through that next staircase. Oh, no. oh God. Okay. And it stops. Oh. And you're just like halfway from like the thighs down. And because you caught, you caught yourself. Oh, okay. And like you took, um, you took a minor injury as you fell through the floor. Okay. It was a pretty clean break, but then when you fall through this, you cut up, like your arms trying to catch yourself. So you're kind of bleeding. Okay. But it's a light. It's a light. Mine. It's a minor injury. It's a so, minor injury. Yeah. yeah. It still hurts. But you and you, you kind of feel around. You move a little bit. It's gonna hurt coming back out of this thing. Oh yeah. So you're on the third floor, and your friend flew through the staircase. Fell through the staircase. All right. I'm gonna look <laughs> down the little hole. Hey, are you okay down there? Uh, uh, I stopped. <laughs> It, it hurts. Okay. Uh, He's like Jumanji through the floor. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> All right. Let me try and find a way to get down to you. Don't don't go that way. Yeah, I won't go through the hole. Mm. So you just go around to the next staircase and go down? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Tell me exactly what you do. So I don't know, like, the layout. Like, what? What do you mean it's a staircase? What do you want the layout of, my dear? Like, 
You said there's two staircases? Why is there two staircases? The staircase goes down, and then it loops back around, and then it goes down again. Mm. So it's like the staircase, the hallway is the hallway to the staircases. You know what I mean? Mm. The staircase is like in the middle of the building. Okay. So it's like zig, 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 zig. Like up. Like a, it's like a Z all the way down. Do I need to draw it for you? No. I'm thinking. I will. No, I'm just thinking of okay. what I want to do. So you're standing at the top of the staircase, and this one looks even more rickety than the one before. Maybe I will go through the hole. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no! <laughs> you're going to land right on me. No, I meant like <clears throat> lower, like grab it and lower myself down. Sure, what, I mean, you can try anything. Do what you want. Do what you want. Are we seeing where Mavis gets her crazy ideas from? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through the hole. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, like lower myself down through. Okay. Um, roll a prowess to lower yourself through the hole. Wait, a movement to lower yourself through the hole on a prowess to see if you can dangle from it without just falling immediately. So roll two rolls. Okay, movement. I failed. So what does that mean? I just don't go through the okay, hole? Okay, roll, roll, a, roll a prowess now with a minus 20. Because now you have to catch yourself. Uh, high success. Okay, so you you slip and you just fall the way through, but you catch yourself. And you're kind of just dangling, but you're swaying. And you look up and she just... Super quickly falls through when she catches herself. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're dangling from it. Okay. Where is his head in relation to my feet? Bobbing and weaving to not like, get hit. I imagine like three or four feet above you, if that. Draz is still far? like. A story's like 10 feet. Yeah. And if you fell from the ba- like basically the bottom of the third floor, and he's at the bottom of the second floor. And he's like, what, like six foot something, right? Yeah, yeah. So and he's like two feet into the ground. So there's like four feet in between you guys. Two, okay. Three to four feet. So I'm swinging like this. Okay, you're swinging back and forth, yeah. Okay, so on that, the swing forward, I'm going to like let go and try and like land on the stair. What stair? A stair above him. Okay, yeah. Yeah, roll a... Uh, I guess just a, a movement to see if you can accomplish all that. I got a high oh. success. Okay, yeah, so you <laughs> land onto it, mm-hmm. and you hear it buckles under you. It's like, you know, when you step on ice that's broken, but it hasn't oh, yeah. split yet? It's like that. And you feel the stair behind you buckle. You get a little looser as you roll. <laughs> <laughs> just brace myself more. Like, oh. She, like, thumps behind you hard. She did. She. There's no really way to land lightly. This isn't. You're not legless. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna look. Uh. I'm gonna step over him and go down like a stair. Okay. So like, he. There's no stairs really. Like it's surrounding him. Um, but you don't feel confident stepping on those two stairs that he's in the middle of, so you'd have to jump over him. I'm gonna... I'm gonna sit down. (laughs) Okay, you sit down. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, <clears throat> how am I supposed to get you out? Why, why, don't, why don't you call the others to come in and maybe they can help me out too? Yeah, okay. I'm going to call Gary. As you pull out your phone, you hear the wood crack. And that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we Jumanji'd ourselves. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you guys are supposed to be like all eat. <laughs> <laughs> we're like super confident and called into special m- missions, special secret missions. <laughs> fucking fall through the stairs. See, see, when we come back from the miss- missions, everyone thinks that we did a fantastic job. They just don't know all the shit that we went through to get to that. <laughs> it's because Charles are really good liars. Yeah. He just lies about everything. He's just like, oh yeah. It's like, oh yeah, dude, fucking is easy. The monster just like bent over and we fucking killed it. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening <laughs> to Grim Encounters. Uh, if you want to follow the show and keep in touch, talk to, uh, you know, talk to the Twitter, you know, follow and follow, find other good shows to follow. I, sometimes I tweet lore bits from there. Um, follow us at Grim Encounters. If you want to talk to the cast directly, join our Discord server at Grim Encounters. You can get that through our Twitter or through the link in the description. Also, all of our Twitters are on, in the description as well. Um, that will us that have Twitter. Uh, if you want to help support the show, uh, tell a friend about us. That'd be great. Uh, leave a review on iTunes. That's amazing. Uh, we don't. We've currently up to date on our reading our reviews, so don't have any more to read. But we're still grateful for all the ones we've gotten. We'd love to read some more. So give us those. Lots more. Lots more. Lots more. All of them. Lots more. Five stars. Read them and leave them. I'll even take one star. Please don't leave one star though. But no, don't make it five. <laughs> Get five. I'd like to thank Tim over at TabletopAudio.com for giving us all the music in this episode. And we, if you guys don't know, I talked about it in the first episode, but we are using a pre-made case that they provided during the Kickstarter back in 2014. Um, the author is uh, Morgan Mc, A. McLaughlin McFarland, which we actually interviewed on the yeah. the show a few, mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. Um. So she's actually the author of all this. So um, if you like, you know, in our Discord, she's actually a part of it. So if you want to talk about how great the case was and how cool it was and how the lore was all good. And, you know, I was wondering. I was pretty sure she wrote this. And I was, like, thinking when we were doing all the research, I was like, why is the, like, lore so freaking good? And, like, some of those, those like, clues I was giving you guys. Uh-huh. Like, how good were those? Like, They're just the good. detail. Yeah, no, she... She said she wrote a chunk of the like new lore they added into Chill Third Edition. So nice. She's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I'd like to thank her and Tim again. Anyway, <laughs> I want you all to get a case that is centered in a city that you are like not super familiar with, and I want you to go into a burned out building that probably doesn't have that many clues in it or any at all. And I want you just to, to dive into that, and then I want you to step into a burnout building that the cop said don't go in there so you went in there anyway and then when you step on a board you inevitably let make your friend behind you fall through the floor and i want you uh um, to stay spooked out there
train. You gonna fight me? Choo choo. Choo choo. Choo choo. Go by. Choo choo ride. <laughs> choo choo ride. <laughs> that was my impression of Rowan. <laughs> choo choo ride. <laughs> um, sorry. There's a train like a block from us that just always is so loud. Um. Anyway. 